Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. It is such a blessing to have Paul and Almira with us. Uh, Almira has not been here in many years. Uh, She walked in and saw Nathaniel. Last time she was here, Nathaniel was this tall. Now he's this tall. And so it's been many years, and it's been so good to just spend time with her and uh, with Pastor Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, the writer of the uh, Filipino epistle. And uh, Paul is one of our external overseers, and it really is a blessing to have him in our lives. Uh, As a church government, we have internal oversight. We pastor through elders, but we have external oversight through external overseers. And uh, Paul is one of those. Bob Hazlett is one of those. Papa Jack Taylor was one. And uh, we're, we're looking for the third one. We try to keep three at all times. And uh, it's been a real blessing to have Paul fill that role. We've got a long history with Paul. Paul's first visit, his first time he preached in a church in the United States was here uh, in 2009. And uh, when he came and preached that message, it was like a bomb went off. It was so, it shook me to my core. I told Paul the other night, whenever he comes and preaches, I will preach for weeks on what he preached on. Uh, it's, it's like he, he serves us Welch's grape juice, but he forgot to add the water. It's so concentrated. We can spend weeks extracting stuff out of it. And uh, I was telling Paul that uh, he, both he and Bob Hazlett, there's, there's a weight to their words. And I believe part of that is because of the honor that we've extended to them. And the reason we've done that is because of who they are. And uh, it's, it is worth his visit to this church, whether you realize it or not, just for me to spend time with this couple. And uh, so I so appreciate them. Uh, Paul came in 2009 the first time and brought a message. Someone had just given me a prophetic word about where are the fathers, where are the mothers? Who's going to raise the next generation? And I thought, oh, that's a nice word. Threw it on my desk. And Paul got up and preached on the hearts of the fathers turning to the children, the children turning to the fathers, and how the template of heaven is a father who had a son. After he left, I went into my office and picked up that word, and my hair stood up. And I realized I almost missed what God was saying. And there have been many experiences like that. Many of you, I've, I've shared it before, the first time Paul came and was teaching on soaking, and I was snorking kind of snoring and soaking. And I jumped up and spoke in tongues so that people would think that that's what I was doing down there. And uh, I felt something walk by me in the form of unity. And I said, there's grace for unity. And Paul said, the dew of Hermon will be released. The next year he came back and we were soaking and I was snorking. So I got up to walk out to the lobby and I looked out the, the window of the church, and I, I went into a vision, and I'm not going to go into all of it, but the Lord told me the dew of Hermon's going to be released here. So I remember I came back, and I said, Paul, the Lord spoke to me, showed me a vision. He said, oh, I released that last year. And again, the fear of the Lord came on me because I almost missed it. There's something about Paul's life that the Lord brings him in to stress the key elements for this house. And so I'm not going to belabor it anymore. I know you, you come to hear him this morning. So I want you to give honor where honor is due and welcome Paul Yadow.
Yes, Jesus. Come on, let's glorify the name of Jesus, the King of all kings, Lord of all lords, the King of the unshakable kingdom. Come on, let's glorify Jesus. Woo! Woo! Be glorified. Be glorified. We worship you. We honor you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come rest upon us. Fill us with glory. In the midst of all the shakings, we pray that you will fill your temple with glory, with greater glory. Yes, we were in time of worship. I was just getting these words. I believe this is for the season you are in, Heartland, as a people. The winds of change have, have come. Yes. Yes. I felt like there's freshness. The prunings gave room for the new things. Yes. And the new things are here. It's inside of you. It's, in, it's, it's about to break loose. There is fruitfulness that's coming out of the desert season or the wilderness. There's a promise of, of uh, awakening. Crisis precedes awakening. And for a lot of you who have been through crisis, maybe faith, relational crisis, or could be what's going on around us. But the winds of change have come. It's here. I could just sense in the spirit. It's a, it's a different atmosphere. This is one of, I would say, so fertile atmosphere for breakthrough. There's, there's atmospheres in which you could release revelations and it would just fall to few grounds. But I feel like this is now the healthy ground in which revelations that have been entrusted not just to Pastor Dave but to to people who've come here. Now there is a community of people who will steward it and to see a culture that looks like heaven. And I'm I'm just blessed to be here and together with my wife it's it's a bit challenging to travel this time. You know, imagine wearing masks for 30 hours from the Philippines. It will change you. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's never the same again, but for me, it's worth it to be here. At the moment I spoke at the, the um, regional meeting, I just felt something inside of me just being awakened 
it's been dormant because of the, the setup of lockdowns and all. There's just so much inside that every time and in, in this atmosphere, especially here, here in our heartland, there's just something unique. The first time I preached after the impartation I received was in Heartland. What? It, it was here. And my wife reminded me it was February 1st when I released the message of the hearts of the father turning to the hearts of their children. And that's February 1st. That's our anniversary. I was here and my wife was in the Philippines and she was preaching exactly the same message. And God showed up. And uh, this, is my, this is our first stop. First place to release the word of the Lord after more than two years of being locked up in the Philippines. I don't know. There's just, come on. <laughs> I, I believe I'm, I'm, I'm being set up. This is, uh, this is in a bigger picture. This is God um, working out things. He's, he's, he's really Jehovah sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because at first, uh, it seemed like I, I, can't, I can't be here because of the schedule. But uh, we prayed and we rearranged things and it, it worked out. And I just felt something uh, about an atmosphere in which you are honored, received, and really celebrated. There's just something inside of me that wants to give, to release those things I've, I've received in the secret place. So, I, before I'll, I'll be um, sharing the word of the Lord, I'll just quickly, I would just like to invite you into a journey, a master class that me and my spiritual father, Leif Hetland, uh, you know, uh, designed. And it's been years before it happened, and it happened during the pandemic. We designed the master class. I, I, I wrote... Uh, a huge portion of this training, and we have seen transformations of people for 12 weeks, and we can do it online. And from all over the world, people would sign up. And this time, second run, we have around 400 plus of students from 70 plus nations. And the stories of healing, transformation of people being renewed, people having encounters. I mean, it's possible on, on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's beautiful to see the, uh, the relationship, the community that has been built through that. And now uh, there's uh, a new book that Leif wrote Love Awakening, and I'm also part of this, the, the process of, of writing this book. And he'll give this for free for anyone who would sign up for the Blueprint for Kingdom Identity Masterclass. And now it's 50% on sale. <laughs> so I'm not really gifted at, you know, <laughs> what I'm doing right now. It's just by the grace of God. <laughs> I'm not a marketing guy. <laughs> 
I could teach, but uh, uh, it's an invitation. Join us if, if this is something that would uh, transform you, a journey into discovering who you really are in the Lord. Secondly, uh, I would like to represent Global Mission Awareness, the ministry of my spiritual dad, touching Pakistan and nations in Cuba, Philippines, and Southeast Asia. If you would please consider to be partners of this ministry. So there's, there is this uh, uh, partner with us today and received the Blueprint for Kingdom Identity Masterclass as part of our way to say we want you to journey with us. So now let's, let's go to the message. <laughs> to me, this, is, this message is so, so personal. There is a back door to the throne. All of us, we are called to rule and reign in life. There is a royalty inside of you. There is a place of ruling of influence, a place in which God the Father has prepared for you. And to rule is not like the world does. It's not domination. We rule by serving. And it's important that we serve not as slaves, but as sons and daughters of God. And we see in Jesus the demonstration of the kingdom's authority and power as he served the poor, the broken, the wounded, the lost. And kingdom reality is released the moment we step into our identity. So there is a back door to the throne. We are in a time of a massive transition, tectonic. <laughs> transitions, global, are you with me? Yeah. Foundations are being shaken, institutions, you know, uh, including the church. The church has not been spared. And it's a scary thought that there's a lot of shakings going on. And uh, leaders are falling. Are you with me? And systems are breaking. The way we used to do church have been transformed or changed tremendously. You know, now I'm, I'm, I'm thankful in so many ways that a pandemic came, not, not thankful for the impact of that pandemic, the negative things, but you know, I learned how to minister through a computer. Like, <laughs> Zoom. I used to run and, you know, and, and just be so passionate in preaching. But there's, there's something to, okay, you're just facing a camera and just trust the Lord. <laughs> Last year, I was invited to speak online in a conference in Jakarta, Indonesia. It's a, a, a two-day conference on the Holy Spirit. I was given three session, sessions. So I shared first session, second, and the third one, I released the, 
the presence of the Holy Spirit on Zoom. They were gathered in a hall like this, maybe a thousand, a thousand five hundred people. And what I can hear was just wailing and speaking in tongues. Later on, I asked the pastor, what's going on? And he said, people are getting delivered on the floor. The church is unstoppable. Amen. We are being positioned. Each one of us are being positioned for such a time as this. Arise and shine. This is not the time to hide. This is the time to arise. Because when you arise, then you will shine. There is... uh, There is light in you. The only way that light comes out is for you to arise, to come, uh, to arise from the place of your paralysis, from the place of your fear, from the place of your shame. That's the place where you will arise. And when you do that, then you will shine. Then you will see the glory of God shining upon you. So this shifting going on is actually an invitation Your breakthrough is on the other side of your breakdown. Crisis precedes awakening. Come to think of this. The measure of crisis gives you a picture of the magnitude of the awakening. So pause for a while, just... Come to think of this, this crisis that we are in right now, not just the pandemic crisis, but also Ukraine, Russia, Russia, war, is global. So if crisis precedes awakening, how big is the awakening coming? Come on. Who wants to be part of that? Amen. Amen. So what we need actually is to understand what God is doing. When we understand the ways of God in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of uh, disruption, and we walk according to the ways of God, then you are actually being prepared for the next season. You're not lost. You're just being formed for the next season. And oftentimes the breakthrough that we're waiting for is not something like happens immediately or in the moment of impartation. Breakthrough doesn't happen in the moment of impartation or promise. Between the prophecy and your destiny is a process. Embrace the process and you will have the fullness of the breakthrough. So when God said, stop traveling, I cannot fight God and say, why did you do this? (laughs) No, I just have to learn how to navigate with the right heart. The key to navigating forward is to keep my heart in the right place. When your heart is in the right place, every setback is a setup for promotion. When your heart is in the wrong place, any setup is a setback. Oh, sounds good. 
Because you may have impartation, you may have prophecy, but if your heart is in the wrong place, it will always move you to setback, setback, setback. And you begin to question God, you begin to be offended. The breakthrough that you need is in the word that you receive. Wow, Pastor Dave, there's just something in this atmosphere. I mean, this is first page in my notes. And revelation is exploding inside of me now. God, God desires longevity. It's not just one breakthrough. Your breakthrough here is connected to your ultimate throne. He's leading you into that throne. So this breakthrough, when stewarded with the right heart, people gathering around, you are on your way to your throne in which you don't dominate, you don't push people, you walk in authority and reflecting the Lordship of Jesus. Not that you are Jesus, but Jesus through you. If there's one verse, I heard this from Bill, Bill Johnson. He said, if there's one verse, my, my life verse would be this. So I, I steal that from him. <laughs> And I heard it in, in Jakarta when he said that. So now, but I, personally, I had my, my, my study on this particular verse. It's in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, written by Solomon. And the context of this was Solomon was talking to his children, royal children, and he was reminding them of what David, his father, told him. Remember that? So Solomon was actually imparting wisdom that came from David, the man after God's own heart. And this is what he said. I believe with all of my heart that all kingdom matters are matters of the heart. Whether you will have a breakthrough or expansion or stagnation or defeat, it's a matter of where your heart is. Okay, let's, let's read it. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. It's not the job of Pastor Dave to watch over your heart. It's not the job of your wife. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, thank you, Roger. That's just, yeah. thanks for the confirmation. <laughs> Yes. Watch, guard your heart for from it flows the spring of life. The word spring of life is, or in some translations, issues of life. It's not just, you know, concerning about your dreams and thoughts. And a huge part of that is, is so true. But let me just show you this picture. The heart is the source. The heart is the place of influence. The heart is what we call the, the, the source of freedom. Next slide. Could you please show that slide? So these are the three parts of 
how the heart functions. So whether we are heading to our throne or still waiting, are we progressing? It's a matter of the heart. Are you with me? So let me read this. The heart is the starting point. It's the wellspring. The heart is the place of influence. And that word influence carries with it the extent, the impact, the depth, and the limitation or stagnation. There is really no measure in what God can do. There's no measure in what the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's no measure. Where is the measurement? The heart. So it's possible there is a, a prophet comes, release a word, a big word, but your heart is like this. It's possible the atmosphere is so pregnant with revelation, but your heart is offended. Your heart is not postured in humility. There's rocks, thorns, there are so many issues there. But praise God, this is a new season. Come on. Get excited because the inner workings of God will prepare you for the greater outpourings of God. Amen. One of the things, one of the scriptures that helped me through the, the pandemic <laughs> starting uh, two years ago was this scripture in Isaiah 64 verse 8. Let me read it. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. Father. Now, when we understand the fathering of God, next slide, fathering of, of God, it looks like this. He is at work. He is the potter. We are the clay. Sometimes we feel like we're just grinding around in circle. That's part of the work. <laughs> because oftentimes we see he is the father. It's just, oh, so, oh Lord, thank you for your love. No, sometimes it's just. And he squeezes you. He's the potter. We are the clay. And he knows what he's doing. Because he sees the future. He sees that the ultimate product will give glory. The ultimate product will carry the glory of God to the nations. To the places where he will send you. <laughs> He's the potter. I'm just the clay. I like this, this idea of his transcendence. He's the Lord. But he also his imminence. He is so attached and he participates in our formation. He is there. Are you good? So how I navigate my difficult circumstances is what prepares me for greater things. 
Because we can prophesy greater things, but if you don't want the process, you still be waiting for the greater things because you don't have a grid. You don't have an awareness. You don't even have a capacity to carry the weight of blessing. Don't you know the blessings of God are weighty things? It takes an inner capacity to carry that. And many people are destroyed, not by persecution, but by blessing. The Father wants to bless us. It's not a question. The question is, are you ready? Can you carry it? So embrace the process. We need one another. And by the way, we can never reach our potential, our maturity apart from community. We need one another. Amen? Yeah, there's just something being in this atmosphere. What is hidden inside of me is being pulled out. I need a community. I need need, uh, the people of God. So if we are to, to, to see all of us growing in the image and likeness of Jesus, stay in community. It takes a community to unlock you to your divine destiny. Last year, I... I had a life-defining moment. In September, I almost died. I was stricken by COVID. And I couldn't, couldn't go into details. But for all of us, all the whole family, we were COVID positive and I felt like, I can't go through this. I can't fight this. But on the seventh day, I just felt so weak. I coughed and blood showed up. I got scared. And then I I had my x-ray and both of my lungs are in really bad state. We asked the, some of our leaders, some doctors in, in Destiny, and all of them, we, we showed the, my lungs, uh, the x-ray of my lungs, and they, all of them said, you have to go to the hospital now. And it's the surge of Delta. All the hospitals in our province were all filled up. I was gasping for air. Oxygen was running out. So our our village ambulance brought me from Los Banos to Manila. That's like two, two and a half hours drive. The driver doesn't know the roads of Manila. Twice, we were lost. I was gasping for it. And he stopped twice at the heart center of the Philippines, not the lung center. I have to go to the lung center. Please, not the heart center. 
<laughs> By the time we got to the hospital, Lang Center of the Philippines, everyone was in panic because the, the nurses, when they tested me, my oxygen dropped to 60 and just continued to drop. Cut long story short, I was brought to the critical ICU. But that was actually a divine setup. Remember? He's the potter, I'm the clay. And he's just forming things, realigning the cosmos for my good. Because that place, the critical ICU, is where the doctor who will receive me, she's assigned to that division. And she was not even from Manila, she's from up north. And it so happened that she was being trained for COVID. And so within two hours, she, she stayed with me and my oxygen shoot from 60 to 90. But here is the, the other side of the story. I, I, I was still feeling weak, two days, three days. I would read the scripture and I, I don't get anything. I was soak and I couldn't even slook or snork. <laughs> I was just, you know, depression is beginning to creep in. And then early morning of the third day, I heard a voice of my father. And he asked me, what's your name? And then in my weakness, I just said, I am Paul, your beloved son. Something inside of me welled up. Joy exploded inside of me when the heart of my father was turning to my heart and my heart turns to my father. Something supernatural was released. And then he asked me, what have we done together, Paul? And he reminded me of India, the crusades in India, the crusades in Pakistan in which I stood up and my spiritual father allowed me, let me release the presence of God. 40,000 people, the healing and signs and wonders were just exploding all over. This is, this is like a vision coming to me as, as the spirit of God was all over me. And then next, Zephaniah, the scripture in Zephaniah in which God is dancing and swirling all over me. I could see my father rejoicing with me. He is the potter. I am the clay. He's forming me. And joy started to explode within me. And later on, as I was just soaking in the presence of God, the spirit of God all over me, I felt, wow, this is, this is a different atmosphere. Few minutes, I was out of oxygen. Like, I have to remove the oxygen. I don't need it. I'm breathing the air of heaven. <laughs> and then the doctor was talking to the next patient because there's no other room. It's a COVID ward. So I was hearing the doctor telling the guy, 
you know, Jeff, you could die today. That's not the good news. <laughs> because Jeff was <gasps> gasping for air, his fourth stage cancer patient, plus COVID. He was dying, literally dying. But when I heard that, something inside of me welled up and I said, just in my bed, no, Lord, no, I refuse. So after the, the doctor left, I stood up, went to Dave. I met mean, Jeff, not Dave. <laughs> I saw Pastor Dave. <laughs> went to Dave, and he's so pale, <laughs> so pale, gasping for air. And I just, this is illegal, what I did. I turned on the oxygen a little bit more. He said, that's better. (laughs) And then I shared to him Jesus. A few minutes ago, I was still down. What brought me to that divine alignment is... Simple question from my father. Who are you? When I came to understand who I am and who he is to me, that alignment of heaven and earth happens. Cut long story short. I prayed for Jeff, shared Jesus, and right away, life came in. He was, oh, I feel strong. What happened to me? The following day, the doctor asked, what happened to you, Jeff? (laughs) My friend, Pastor Paul, he prayed for me. (laughs) He was telling the story, and now everyone in the ward heard his story. You know, I think four of us patients there, he was telling the story, and everyone was hearing it. I've got an evangelist here. So your breakdown could be a setup for your greatest breakthrough. So don't lose your your sorrows. And don't miss what's behind the sorrow. Let me say this. Your points of pain can become platforms of power when you hold on to the presence of God. So uh, let me, let's read this verse. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul. Each of his sons and daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. This became so clear to me. There is an opportunity for us to change our circumstances. When we... Refuse to allow the external things to shape the word inside of us. Then we are positioned to transform the external things with the eternal word of God inside. So this became very clear to me. Cut long story short, I asked I ask, uh, Jeff, what do you want? He said, I just want to go home and share this story to my family. 
Remember, the doctor said, you will only live one day. He told me, Pastor Paul, I'm ready to go. I just want to see my family. He went home 14 days, shared the gospel. The whole family came to know the Lord. We're starting a church in that place. This is the moment in which David was tested in his leadership. We don't have time to unpack the whole scripture. Trust me, it's in the word, okay? <laughs> it's, it's in the word of God. But I just want to highlight this, the importance of this particular scripture. This is a life-defining moment for David. And all of us are given these moments that would define our leadership, it will define our lives. It will define our priorities. It will define our ministries. And we cannot run away from these things because next time you will still see and encounter the same things. Remember, he's the potter. So what do you do? You face these circumstances with the right heart, heart posture. Guard your heart with all diligence for from it flows your breakthrough, your victory, your influence, your expansion flows the unlimited power of the Holy Spirit. When your heart is fully given to the Lord, every process is embraced. You don't run away because you see the Father. It is, he is so focused in the finished work that He's doing inside of you and it will be glorious. Ah, oh, hallelujah. The deeper things that God is doing in me in this season is what prepares me for the greater things that he is doing through me in the next. So it's not just about waiting for the next prophetic word. I love I love this church. This is so prophetic. I'm, I'm blessed with the prophetic ministry of Pastor Dave and Kathy last night. We were just, oh, we needed this. Almira and I, we just, we just need prayers. We're not superheroes. We're not super, you know, Marvel superheroes. We're just human. We, we, we ask for prayer and we just powerfully receive prophetic words. But it's one thing to receive a prophetic words. It's another to fully embrace that as your reality and you confront your external realities with eternal truth. How the Father is seeing you. So this is the process. He first goes deeper so you can have greater. So when you, when you are praying, Lord, I want greater things, get ready. Amen. <laughs> Could you just turn to the person next to you and say, get ready. <laughs> With a smile. So when we say, 
oh God, I want more. Watch out. <laughs> because he will surely do that. The, the, the surrender, the allowing of the dealing of, dealings of God internally gives room for the greater things of God. He first operates within your heart, within, expands that heart so that you will be ready for the expanded place. Yes. Many people, they want the expanded place where many are cheering up. Success is not when people are celebrating you. Success is when nobody is seeing and you are just God. Oh, one thing, one audience. Success is not when David killed Goliath. Success is in the wilderness with one audience. So what did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. All that you need is in the face of God. Let me say this. All that you need for life, career, relationship is found in the face of God. Remember this. The first human encounter of Adam was a face-to-face encounter with God. In that face, you see. You receive. Every moment of encounter positions you to manifest the glory that you are exposed to. So when you see his face, the face of goodness, the face of courage, the face of kindness, then you go out to the world and reflect that face. So in some ways, you know, embrace the pain. I'm not trying to be weird here. <laughs> Pastor Paul, you like pain? <laughs> no, that's not, my, that's not the theology I'm teaching here. What I'm teaching here is this. On the side of where Goliath is mocking you. The, in that place where you are being mocked by the giant that you're facing. That's the place where his head will roll. Come on, give, give a hand to Jesus. Come on. Woo! So one of the ways you know your, your places, is break, places of breakthrough is to identify where your breakdowns are. And to stand before Jesus, to stand before God. Where is your grace? Because where the grace of God flows, that's where the glory of God will be shown. You cannot separate the two. Where the grace is operating, that's where the glory is released. Where Jesus was pierced, that's where the blood came out. So my ability to navigate the most difficult circumstance with the right heart is what positions me for kingdom promotion, kingdom reward, kingdom breakthroughs. Let me be clear here. 
Yes, everything in the kingdom is received. It's free. It's by grace of God. Are you with me? But we have to understand, it's one thing to receive a gift. It's quite another to steward the gift and you see fruits and harvest. Here you receive rewards, promotions. Here, it's a free gift. There's nothing wrong with a free gift. It's a question of what do you do with what you received? One healing has a potential to be the seed for the next healing movement. So how we steward, how we process this in, in our hearts when we refuse to be offended. You know, David could have pointed his fingers back to his army. Because this time, this was really painful time in their lives. When they came back to the camp, they saw everything was taken. Stolen by the Amalekites. Their wives, children, and all that they possess, zero. And for some of you, this pandemic had stolen a lot from you. Are you with me? Yeah. It feels like that. Maybe ministry or business, and, and, and it, we could barely move forward. But let me just share this to you. David refused to be offended by anyone, by his external circumstance. His bias is always to go to the presence of God. Because when King Saul was chasing him, when Saul wanted to kill him, he wrote Psalm 63, Oh God, you're my God, earnestly will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in this dry and weary land. Take note. He was not looking for food. He was not asking for water. He described his external. Are you with me? And a lot of times we're good at describing our external. And we call it prayer. Actually, it's complaining. It's not prayer. (laughs) We try to describe God. But David, it's different. David went back to this. I have beheld you in your sanctuary. He knew his history with God. God is present in the sanctuary. Now in the wilderness, he's so present. Let me say this. If your external circumstances, if you could use all those external circumstances to push you to eternal reality, you are on your way to your throne. Yeah, he ended that song, the last verse of Psalm 63. He said, the king will rejoice in you. He wasn't referring to King Saul. He was referring to himself. No throne, cold cave, no good beddings, no food, but I am a king. This king will rejoice in you. I have the anointing. I have been chosen. I am beloved of my God. 
And with his heart, he turned that cave into the, the, the holy throne of God where he engaged the presence of the Lord with his heart. He was being pulled into eternal reality. It became so real here on earth. You want to see heaven on earth? It's within your heart. Where is your heart postured? So we have to move from impartation to multiplication. We have to understand this process. It's one thing to receive an impartation. It's another to multiply it. And in the multiplication, stewardship, in relationship with God and people, God is bringing people to you. What do you do with them will determine whether you are heading to your throne or not. The misfits became the mighty men of David. Who feels like you're in the throne, I mean, in the cave of Adullam and it doesn't feel like throne? Come on, you're in the cave. It's cold, it's dark. <laughs> you have a word for that, probably molting. I felt, yeah, that's, that's like, it hit me as a revelation that the two years being locked up, it felt to me like a molting. But it, I did not fight the process. I surrendered. So, well, we know the story. They eventually, let, let, let's just show this picture. Um, that's the scripture, by the way, if you want to study that. So finally, his army wanted to kill him. This is the 600 men of David that he trained. These are mighty warriors. I mean, this, they were scary. Just one, one guy defeated 800. Imagine that, 800. And here comes David, one person, although he's a mighty warrior, with the 600. Each one with rocks in their... <laughs> Imagine that. This is, this is the end. So how do you face that circumstance? The Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's a final move. One bias, one way. Seek the face of God. I don't have control over their emotions. I don't have control over their reactions, their, their bitterness, their offense, their fear. One thing I have control of is my heart. If I could just posture my heart in the right way, I know I can pull what is in heaven. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? One of the ways I've shared from my story is that you go back to your history with God. You're bear, bears and lions. When God showed up, when he marked you, maybe an impartation, maybe a prophetic word. One time you were here on the floor, you're having a carpet time with the Lord. 
Maybe uh, one time there and the presence of God came upon you. It's not just to, it's not to te uh, tease you. It is actually to lead you into your future. So it, God is not disconnected in his ways. Each of the ways and dealings of God, he's the potter, we are the clay. He's forming us to a greater version of who we are from glory to glory to glory to glory. So if we walk in sonship, we are in a perfect peace knowing that the Father is in control. He encouraged himself in the Lord afterwards. He inquired of the Lord. Sometimes the word of God doesn't come right away. What you need is first to encourage yourself. How do you encourage yourself? Go back to your history with God. How do you encourage yourself? Go back to worship. Things change. Your perspective change. When you see him for who he is, you see your circumstances for what it is in the eyes of God. Change in perspective. For me, right now, I'm just so overwhelmed. I could be killed by this 600, you know, heartless. This, you know, if David fought the guys, he would have been killed right away. Are you with me? But he did not struggle with men. There's a verse in the scripture, I think it's in Hosea. It says, when Jacob was still young, he wrestled with men. But when he was old, he wrestled with God. How do you know when you matured? When you stop wrestling with men. When you allow God to wrestle you. Come on. That every circumstance will bring you back to the arms of God. Every criticism, every backbiting, every offense will just push you closer and closer to his presence. You refuse to be offended. So he heard the voice of God and God, he inquired, what will I do? God said, over, like, run after them. You will overtake them and you will recover all. Let me give this to you. There is a promise of recovery of all that had been stolen from you when you learn to, to encourage yourself in the Lord, to navigate the most difficult things in your life. Yes, yes. Could you please tell to the person next to you, you will recover all. Come on, you will recover all. Amen. How many more minutes, Pastor Dave, I have to land, I guess? Ten minutes? Ten, ten minutes? We're still good? Ten minutes? Ten minutes? Ten minutes? So again, I just uh, look at this one-liner that I've crafted and this is one of the things I'm, I'm thankful for zoom preaching I got to write my one-liners <laughs> so uh, let's let's read this next slide please the point your points of pain can become platforms of power when you hold on to his promises and remain in his presence Woo! 
Hallelujah. So look for your points of pain and don't point your finger to anyone. Because the army of David blamed David for their misery, for their pain. And that's human. Are you with me? And these are the closest guys. I, I, I've been a target of pointing fingers. It's the, it's the fault of the pastor. <laughs> Who? Me? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, quickly... In progressing to our throne, there's this rhythm of, uh, I, I want to show you this, two, two sides of this dance in the, in the, with the Lord, the, the, the potter and we are the clay. Sometimes we receive the kingdom from the place of rest. Sometimes we have to contend for, to see the, the breakthrough, the expansion of the kingdom in our lives. So we cannot just rest and rest. There are times we have to rise up, encourage ourselves in the Lord. I've been armed with eternal truth, with the promises of God. He has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's in you. You have it. Amen? So what do you do with it? Sometimes you just have to rest. Luke chapter 12, verse 32, my little children, do not be afraid, for it is the delight, the desire of God to give you the kingdom. Sometimes, like little children, we just, oh, Jesus, oh, thank you. Amen. Amen. Who, who loves that? I, I like soaking. I, I, I've got so many stories of breakthrough from soaking. But sometimes, you will soak and nothing happens. Why? The rhythm shifts to you have to contend. And many people will just bias, will be trapped in the bias of, I'm just wired for soaking. No, it's not about wiring. It's about being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's not about, you know, your personality. It's about being sensitive. Now the Holy Spirit is teaching you your, your, your hands for war and fingers for battle. Yeah. So arise here because there is a place in which the violent man will take the kingdom by force. So flow in this rhythm. Amen? So if you feel like nothing is happening here and it's as if the, the spirit lifts, maybe it's time to go and take, you know, content for what is yours. It's like breathing. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't function normally by just inhaling all that time, I mean, you will collapse. <laughs> so when you receive a word, when you receive a promise like a little child, then there is a part in which you have to release. Use the word as a sword to open up the way. This is the time. David encouraged himself in the Lord. So he's not just engaging and trying to pacify people. No, he pulled from heaven and then the word of God came. And, you know, it's, it's so supernatural. He just turned to the, his guys and said, let's go. We will overtake them. What happened to the 600? Suddenly, their minds were changed. Probably the transformation you're waiting 
for your people to have. The key for that is your engagement in the secret place. When you refuse to fight with the armor of men, the armor of Saul, you will always be that little boy with a slingshot, but killing giants. Come on, let's give glory to the Lord. So, I get, last point, and we will read the, the last verses. I, I still have like... Uh, Nine slides. <laughs> so I won't finish all. But let me just, let's look at this uh, picture. Breakdowns for breakthrough. Let me read. Your most important life-altering breakthroughs is found on the other side of your most painful, devastating breakdowns. And everyone was quiet. <laughs> The breakthroughs you obtain by contending can become the blessing that will inspire, empower, and equip the next generation. So at the end, it's not just about you trying to survive. It's about you inspiring the next generation. This is the way of the Lord. We're connected. So the devil wants you to just have your own story in one small corner. And no, no, no. Tell your story to the rest. Yeah. Let's celebrate the story of God. You know, I was, I was in Pemba just quickly. And I, I spoke at the men's uh, uh, meeting for, for men. And God showed up big time. And the following day, I shared about Jacob becoming Israel. The following day, somebody testified it. And I didn't know the guy, and he grabbed the microphone and he said, I used to be the, the big thief. <laughs> I thought everyone was, were pastors in the room, but this guy sneak in for food. <laughs> and he's the one who's telling the story. And I was like, oh my God, this is disaster. <laughs> and then he said, but yesterday... I came to know that I am Israel. And he wept. The whole place exploded and Africans started to dance and they know how to dance. <laughs> you know, afterwards, the Spirit of God led me to say, I, I was just led to don't preach for the next session. I had them grouped into 10 and each one telling the story, their story of testimonies of what happened to them. So around 300 plus men in the room. So each one telling the story and everybody you know, celebrates that story. By the time the third person shares the story, the glory of God hit the room. <laughs> they overcame him, the devil, by the love, blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. 
they love not their lives until the end. Yes. You want to see a spiritual warfare that will expand the kingdom of God? Steward the stories. Yeah. Encourage yourself in the Lord. God said, you will recover all. We know the story. They pursued, they recovered all, and even way beyond what the enemy stole from them. Way beyond. It became the spoil of David. And for us to understand that, uh, as I, uh, you know, the, 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 the theme, the title for this message is the back door to the throne. Let's go to the last portion of this. Let me just read first Samuel. Oh, yeah. yeah, it became the David's spoil. I'm sorry, it's it's not in, it's not there. I'll just quote this. The next um, next thing that happened to David after they they won that fight. You know what? The people of Judah anointed him as a king. What's your back door to the throne? Your greatest point of your pain. Come on, promotion. The winds of change have come. It's here. Amen? It's here. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Come on. He will recover all. He will recover all. He will recover all. Rise up to your feet. Come on. Let's just, let's just rise up to our feet. Hallelujah. I, I, I want to, to show you just the last picture. Just, I, I want to, re, to, to remind myself of what happened. 2006. At the Hosanna Lutheran Church. In May 27, we were burned out pastors. We were dying inside. We were so desperate. My wife asked Leif to be our spiritual father. That was a risk for Filipinos to do. And ask a Norwegian American. <laughs> I mean, God, long story short, we, my wife said, when Leif said, I'm going to the Philippines in 2007. My wife said, no, we can't wait that long. He released the impartation. He kissed her on the forehead. The power of God hit my wife. And then he asked me, what's your name? I said, I'm Paul. He said, I love you. I believe in you, Paul. I will father you. He kissed me on the forehead. Something exploded inside my heart. My greatest point of Pain became the very point of my greatest experience of power. Come on. You are unstoppable. Come on. I tell you. Prior to this, that was May 2006. In March, one of our leaders died in a freak accident during an Alpha Holy Spirit weekend. This jeepney, old uh, jeep in the Philippines, ran over him. His skull was bad. He, he died. Imagine me as a pastor. 
taking responsibility. We gathered around his dead body and we say, God, you are good. Yes. <laughs> I'm here to invite you for your greatest breakthrough. I don't know what the pains that you have gone through in this season, but you can use your pain even right now to engage the glory of God. Encourage yourself in the Lord. March. I was dying inside. I am ready to quit. I've been in the desert. But that was actually the setup of God. When Leif released, the Spirit of God came upon me. A love baptism. Now, 16 years after, I've been to 27 nations. I've seen thousands of people healed, delivered, saved. It's not me. It's about my God. He is the Father. I'm just a clay. Come on, let's just lift our hands to heaven right now. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Come on, encourage yourself in the Lord. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com slash give.